Eight minutes past two o'clock. Right, uh, time for our Tuesday report uh, with Andrew Dambina. And this week, Andrew Dambina interviews Anthony Hamill, the head chef at Hugh Restaurant in Chimsa Choi on modern Australian cuisine. He talks about what makes creative Aussie food today and some memories of working with Down Under chef Mark Best. Hi, I'm Anthony Hamill from Hugh Dining, the executive chef upstairs here at the Hong Kong Museum of Art. So Hugh is I would consider casual fine dining, an array of dishes inspired from Australia, from Hong Kong, all around the world, where we lean on good produce and and first principle cooking. Okay, now you're from Australia and you've come from some cutting-edge restaurants recently. How would you describe the state of modern Oz cuisine in 2020? I I think we lean on sort of the Nordic philosophies of cooking a little bit, um, opposed to maybe like the European, French style. We like to kind of highlight one or two ingredients to get the best of it, unlike sort of the European and the yeah. French style where they, they, they lean on a lot of technique and layers of cooking. We just try to keep it simple, I think. I mean, early on, the venues I worked, we really were closer to that European, that French style where there was a lot of mm. a lot of technique. But what I think I've taken away from it is those techniques that we learned yeah. are fundamental to being a, a good chef. Right. Um, but I think just being able to strip it back and having that restraint And I think that happens as you become a bit more mature as a chef as well. I think when you're a younger chef, you're just so eager and you just want to build layers and layers and layers and layers and you've got all of these ideas in your head. But you sometimes forget what you're trying to achieve. And I think probably now I still take those techniques and use them I I just feel that like if you're cooking something you don't need to hide it behind all of this technique and and kind of smoke and mirrors I'd rather just have like you know a couple of really solid techniques and ingredients and just showcase it for what they are but still leaning on those techniques which I did learn initially you know in those kind of European styled restaurants well you you opened Hugh towards the end of last year what dishes have gone down best for you in Hong Kong in terms of what you've just said the hits have been the the Caesar salad it's it's crazy to think that a Caesar would be a hit yeah but the the thing is it has all the elements it's fundamentally a Caesar salad we use beautiful little gem lettuce but we we trick it up a little bit and, and we make it look really contemporary so it's not just a bowl of salad we have three or four little halves of the lettuce on the plate um we dress them with some whipped cod roe then some smoked eggs mm. so we're replacing like the anchovy mayonnaise with the whipped cod roe still tangy and fishy a little bit and instead of having a poached egg or a, or a fried egg or a boiled egg we're boiling some eggs and then smoking them and, and finally chopping them up and then we have a bacon crumb combination of the croutons and the bacon then we use a beautiful white anchovy and then dust it with a vadavan spice it's a french spice but it's inspired by indian flavors although it reads caesar salad when you actually get it it looks super contemporary and then you eat it and it's got all of the hallmarks of a a, a typical caesar but then there's things in the back of your mind that are going oh what's that what's that what's that and it's the smokiness of the eggs it's the vadavan spice which makes it you know a little bit more more interesting a really interesting thing 
great that you've done as well is tapping into some ingredients to um, appeal to the local palate, but also the international palate that would like to try local ingredients. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I kind of got the idea from eating like a local yeah. style beef brisket soup. Yeah. And what I found is that like they've got these big, beautiful chunks of the winter melon in it. And it's just a vessel for flavor. Mm. Like you, you eat it and it tastes like the brisket, but it's not. It's, it's the winter melon. And it's got this incredible texture and it, it's beautiful raw. I like it raw and it's beautiful like if you really cook the hell out of it as well. We kind of like gently simmer ours in the crustacean dashi with some abalone and then have a beautiful bit of Japanese mackerel on top. So with that dish, we're trying to relate to kind of the local palate. And now being here in Hong Kong as well, like I've tried things that I thought I'd eaten a lot of different things, but but even here now I'm, I'm finding new things every day to eat. I've tried a couple of things. So the, the, probably the most interesting thing I, I tried recently was like, it's like the spleen of a, a, a cow. So yeah. it's, it's basically, I think the bone, which they boil and then dehydrate and then basically boil it again in like a, a broth. Mm. So it becomes this unctuous kind of chewy, I don't know, so interesting, like so interesting to eat. And then... I mean, then, then all the classics, uh, intestines and hearts and livers and things yeah. like that. The other day I tried, the, it's essentially the sperm sack of a fish, which, oh, we, yeah. which they deep fried and, and we ate, which was pretty tasty as well. So, yeah, some pretty pretty funky stuff. So getting inspired for more menu changes down the road? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Mocktail pairings are something that I've noticed on your website and uh, in your drinks list. There are some great mocktails there. This is pretty important in Hong Kong where people don't, Drink always drink alcohol. Yep. So that, I mean, that's the key focus, isn't it? Like um, the culture here yeah. is they would right. rather enjoy something savoury or, or even sweet, but non-alcoholic. Yeah. So yeah. we have a really nice um, mocktail program yeah. um, with some non-alcoholic spirits and obviously some fruit juices, some tea-based stuff. Does that push your imagination in some ways to think about pairing mocktails rather than wine? If you've been used to certain white or red grape varieties and how you might think they'll go with food are you thinking in different ways on how they might go with a mocktail yeah we, we think about that a little bit we try to collaborate with me and the bar manager by using not not zero waste i don't want to go out there saying that we're a zero waste restaurant or anything like that but we try and use up bits and pieces so yeah. for example pomelo skins mm. we use a lot of pomelo in in some of our starter dishes and yeah. our lunch menu so you know there's always rinds and, and zest and things like yeah. that remaining so we try and incorporate things like that into to our, our mocktails mm. and things like that. So we try and minimise waste by collaborating and using things that cross over from kitchen to yeah. bar. My father would try a lot of different cooking. So I think it stemmed from that a little bit. He was really creative, but experimental. Yeah. So I think probably via him and my mum was such a bad cook, I probably <laughs> needed to learn to cook as well. So it's probably a necessity more than anything, <laughs> right. to be honest. Yeah, so basically I went and looked up a, a local cooking, a tertiary yeah, yeah. education. So I just went and joined commercial cookery and I did a year's training at school and then that then rolled into an apprenticeship. Um, so I worked at you know a really good little local restaurant and then that led into me sort of hitting those more higher level type venues. So And then it, it just rolled on from there basically. And towards the end of your time in Australia, having got that ball rolling, you ended up with uh, the celebrity chef Mark Best. Yeah. What lessons did you garner from working with him? 
Yeah, Bestie is the godfather of Aussie cooking for sure. He would always question you, and not for the wrong reasons, always for the right. Yeah. He would inject ideas into you, and then it was kind of up to you to execute them. But to his style and his philosophy... I think probably from him what I learned the most was restraint and that's going back okay. to what we were talking about earlier. Having the ability not to put it on there in the first place yeah, yeah. I think was really important. Probably be a little bit more methodical in your thinking as well is probably what I learned from Bestie. And for people that don't really know much about Australian food who are going to walk into Hugh, what would you like them to take away feeling as they finish a meal? Obviously it's, it's been delicious. I mean that's number one isn't it? Yeah. You want it to be tasty. Pretty much. I want them to feel like it's kind of familiar but different as well. It's really funny. So many people have said to me how different it is but I, for me it doesn't feel that different. So I love the fact that it it's got them thinking a little bit. Mm. Aussie cuisine is really relaxed. It's really fun, interesting, and a, a little bit interactive. Like, I think a lot of food in, in Australia should be enjoyed by licking your fingers and picking things up and, you know, smelling things and cracking things and breaking things. So I know my food is a little bit interactive like that, not to the point where it's gimmicky and, and there's, like, I don't know, axes on the table and crap like that, but... I think the food here, you want to pick it up and prod it and, and have a look at it. You know, spill a bit of sauce on your shirt. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, so, fun. I want it to be fun and I want it to be just a good time. Thanks very much, Anthony. That sounds like a pretty good insight. Yep. Beautiful. Cheers.